Season's greetings and holiday tidings, non-plus listeners. Are you racking your brain looking for a last-minute gift because you're shopping online like a good, cautious person and you've just run out of ideas? Or are you gearing up for a round of holiday Zoom happy hours and looking to put a little more jingle in your jangle? Whatever the reason for shopping this season, One Horse Open Slay, your gift list with Shaker and Spoon. Shaker and Spoon is the subscription service for cocktail connoisseurs looking to be merry mixologists with all that extra Costco booze Aunt Sharon leaves behind. Each box includes all of the mixers, garnishes, and ingredients that you need to make four rounds of three different recipes. Just add the alcohol of the month and enjoy. Grab this as a last minute gift by December 15th to get the Rums of Origin 3 box with tropical twists that set the stage for a cheerful holiday fete that's closer to the equator. Get $20 off on us by going to shakerandspoon.com slash nonplussed and bring good cheers this holiday season. Again, that's shakerandspoon.com slash nonplussed for $20 off, even on their 3, 6, and 12-month gift options. Order by December 15th for Rums of Origins 3. Can I call you Rum Tum Chugger? Absolutely not. I'll be home with Quimbus. What? Uh, Quim, I'll be home for Quimbus. What are you doing? Uh, Happy how I'll be home. Cribbus. Honey, are you okay? <laughs> yes. Welcome to another holiday episode of Nonplussed, a gay romp through the Disney Plus vault. That over there is my cheerful husband, Clancy. Ho, ho, and over there is my husband, Josh. What did you call me? I, it was just season's greetings. I, that works better. Welcome to <laughs> Nonplussed, a mischief media podcast. Hi, honey. Hi, honey. I'm excited for this episode. Me too. But before we get into it, uh, it's holiday season. Um, if you need a last minute gift, of course you can check out shaker and spoon, but you can also go to mischiefmerch.com, Check out all the stuff from mischief media. We've got podcasts all over the podcast network, yep. mischief media, anything the nerd in your life wants. And it's just a bit of an extra plug. You're looking at me confused. If you, if you like what's on mischief media, if people you love, like what's on mischief media, you can go to mischiefmerch.com and buy merch from mischief media i was i was trying to figure out that's where we're going yes that's where it connects because like you might want to get a friend up a non-plus t-shirt and mug and be like you should check out this podcast and then if that friend loves gay dudes yelling about disney films maybe they also like harry potter or maybe they also like staying fit or maybe they also like supernatural if this person is in your life there's a podcast on mischief media for them 100 percent well, what do we got going on the news this week, Josh? Well, we, we, we're halfway through the month that we haven't told people what's coming on Disney Plus yet. This is 100% <laughs> true, and we are so sorry. I mean, not really. It's been a fun month of, of holiday shenanigans, and we just got really excited about having all these guests and doing all this programming. But um, just real quick at the top, uh, we had at the beginning of the month, Anastasia. Yep. As in, have you heard this rumor in St. Petersburg? Apparently, she hasn't been canonized as a Disney princess yet. No, she has not and probably never will unless they make another <sighs> movie. Sad. Yeah. Um, also, Nutcracker in the Four Realms. And then the Disney Plus uh, original Godmothered with Jillian Bell and Isla Fisher. Yep. That hit at the beginning of the month. 
Yep. And then uh, on December 11th. Today. Um, today. Yes. Uh, Ralph Breaks the Internet Yay! is breaking into the platform. So that's fun. On December 18th, Clancy's favorite Into the Woods joins the platform. Yes. We've also got the Disney Channel Holiday House Party coming up and the Arendelle Castle Yule Log. Yes. I'm excited about this. It's going to be great. Absolutely. We're going to have it on ours. And then finally, on December 25th, a big one, Soul, is going to be dropping on the service. Yes, we'll be dropping Muppet Christmas Carol that day. And this Disney Plus will be dropping Soul. And also Max Keeble's big move, if that's your thing. <laughs> but yeah, all that's coming to, to Disney Plus. And then outside of that, um, we've got on Variety, they're telling us Hawkeye series at Disney Plus adds six to the cast including Vera Farmiga and Tony Dalton. We've also seen some uh, speculation about the Spider-Man three casting with Alfred yep. Molina and all those people. I almost called him Toby Parker, but his name is Toby McGuire and he played Peter Parker. <laughs> Toby Parker. Um, and uh, Emma Stone and uh, what's your face and the other one. I think there's going to be some multiverses. Anyway, my point is, is we'll link all of this recent stuff in the show notes 100%. because it's a lot and it's too much to cover on this massive, massive episode that we're really excited to get to. Um, But before we do that, as a reminder, we do get all of our information from Rotten Tomatoes, IMDb, and of course the great Wikipedia. Please donate to them. Yeah, they've got their drive going on right now. Kick them a couple of bucks. So Josh, what, uh, what movie are we doing this week? Well, this week we're covering 1998's, Jonathan Taylor Thomas, uh, starring turn in I'll be home for Christmas, but Clancy, who do we have with us to discuss it? Wait, there's somebody here. Well, not physically here. The cat's in the bedroom per the huge. Yeah. But we've got someone here on discord with us. Yes. Her name is Alex Ackerman. Hello, Alexandra Ackerman. Our guest is Alexandra Ackerman. Oh my God. It honestly would not be a Joshua intro of me unless that song were present. <laughs> I love it. Oh, hello, Alex, my darling, my love. Hi. Hi, guys. How are you? I am so excited to talk about this movie. My God. Yay! I am too. Legit. This is, was our first time seeing this. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, so it was a, a different experience for me having watched it as a former teenage girl of the 90s. Um, and I realized just, I don't know how I believed that this movie was a plausible thing that could absolutely happen. And then I realized I was a small child the last time I saw this. So watching it again yeah. as an adult was a treat. So, but yeah, go ahead and introduce yourself. Like how, what's your bona fide days? You are obviously our former roommate and we're our lady of honor, late, uh, best lady at our best wedding. Lady. I'm going to add that best to my lady. resume. Do it. And we worked together at Blizzard for a time. Yeah. You uh, were on, my work husband. Yes. And you were my work wife, but, but what are you up to now? And how would you officially credit yourself? I mean, I feel like best lady of Josh and Clancy is probably at the top of my list. And I don't even know if I need to say more, but absolutely. Um, I do also <laughs> moonlight as a senior social media manager for respawn entertainment, focusing on the fabulous battle Royale apex legends. And Clancy's uh, been playing so much apex lately. I love that. Yeah. Yes. yes. Oh, bless my little lifeline main. I'm into it. 
<laughs> yeah. So, um, and you're also just sort of like a social media maven about town in general um, in the gaming industry. So I'm told. Yeah. You know, peeps, your face has been places. You and I have both been in uh, BlizzCon merchandise ads that have populated Facebook for a time. Look, we've done some weird shit. Boy, do we have stories to tell. And I'm just so delighted to have you on the podcast finally, even as we wrap up our first year of doing this. Me too. I was very excited when you told me that you guys were doing this and have been waiting until I was going to be called upon for this podcast and am <laughs> so tickled that we're here to talk about my husband, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. So uh, as I said, this was released November 13th, 1998. It's directed by Arlene Sanford, um, who really was notable for uh, TV shows and movies in the 90s. She directed a very Brady sequel, which features one of my favorite RuPaul cameos of all time. But yeah. she actually has two primetime Emmys for TV work on Ally McBeal and Boston Legal. Uh, this is screenplays by two people, uh, Tom Nursell and Harris Goldberg. Tom Nursell, not too many credits there, at least that we could find on Wikipedia. Um, but Harris Goldberg um, is most known for Deuce Bigelow, European Gigolo. No, male gigolo. Uh, oh, male gigolo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if he did the sequel. Uh, uh, Master of Disguise and Without a Paddle. Incredible films. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I initially kind of glossed over the writers on this one because I thought, man, we're going to have so much to talk about in terms of the movie itself. And about halfway through, I went, no, I really need to read up a little bit more on who wrote this this mm -hmm. movie. Uh, it, it's like that gift from Arrested Development where Michael opens the bird bag the bag that says dead, dead bird, bird inside dead dub inside well, i don't know what i expected um the story by this was by michael uh, arlen but let's talk about the people that are in this movie let's do it alex who who is the star of this particular film the star of this cinematic masterpiece is none <laughs> other than 90s heartthrob and my personal husband jonathan <laughs> Taylor Thomas. <laughs> uh, oh, I just, you know, I had so many Tiger Beat magazines with him on it. <laughs> I, you know, JTT, it was all about JTT in the 90s. Honey, truly, I, this was when I started around when I started coming out to people and I was just like, I'm gay, but don't tell anybody. And everybody's like, sure, we won't. Um, <laughs> My sister had already won the betting pool among the family. Um, uh, he was just, it was something about, and it feels weird as a 37 year old man now to be talking about this 17 year old in the media that I'm consuming comma, but I feel like it's a little bit safe because I'm legitimately recalling the, uh, <laughs> the reality of me going, well, uh, this is the sixth time I've watched Tom and Huck this week, and mm -hmm. I've felt a certain way about it every time. Um, and that's <laughs> there were sense memories that triggered, like especially during the party scene. We'll get there. Um, anyway, yes, Jonathan Taylor Thomas, who of course rose to his teen heartthrob fame as Randy Taylor on Home Improvement, mm -hmm. and was also the speaking voice of Simba in. 1994 is the Lion King. That's the cartoon one, not yeah. the quote unquote live action one. I also didn't realize in researching a little bit more about him that he 
wasn't actually in a lot of things. No, that's the thing is it was like, it was all, I don't know. I, I'm sure there's a documentary to be made a la the Lou Pearlman documentary about the Backstreet Boys, about how Jonathan Taylor Thomas sold things. Like he made money as a lightning rod for the attention of an, uh, an untapped demographic of money. Teen girls, Mm -hmm. the 90s, really, when you look at it, and I mean, you could probably speak to this a little bit because you're you're even younger than me. Teen girls became a target market bigger in the 90s than they really had been since like the 70s. Oh, yeah. Look, if I would have bought anything that man was talking about, if he wanted (laughs) to sell me a bottle of ketchup, if his face was on it, you best believe I would have had 15 bottles of it. Yeah, this is what I'm saying, because. And again, we'll get to this later, but who is who is this movie for? Given those writers, given this star, who the fuck is this movie for? Um, next up in the cast. Uh, we've got Jessica Biel. She plays Allie. She's barely likable in this film. Yeah. I love Jessica Biel. Of course, she was um, Mary Camden on Seventh Heaven. Mm-hmm. But also, okay, Rules of Attraction, Blade Trinity, The Illusionist. I loved her in The Illusionist. Yes. So she's done some stuff. Adam Lavorna, Lavorgna, Lavornia. Uh, one of those is probably right. And Adam, my apologies. I have a last name that gets butchered all the time. He played Eddie and he was also on Seventh Heaven. Yes. And so I actually read too that apparently Jessica Beale and Adam started dating after this film, which... Oh. I have a lot of questions about because God, did I hate his character? I Yes. Yeah. I mean, maybe it was that nude scene that I feel a little creepy about because he was 17 at the time mm-hmm. of filming mm-hmm. and he's probably got one of those cock socks on, but you see thigh. Yeah. You see oh, yeah. thigh. And as an adult, I go, oh, that's too much of a 17 year old. And anyway, yeah. children's movie. It's a children. It's a Disney. It, Walt Disney's name is on the front of this movie. Yeah. Um, we have Blair Slater is Ian. When I was initially doing up the cast, like he's not built very highly in the movie, but he's in like the first 20 minutes of it. So I felt like I should at least say his name. Um, and then Gary Cole plays Jake's dad who never gets a name. Not that Gary Cole of anybody needs, you know what I mean? Like if it were the stepmom that didn't have a name and she was only referred to a stepmom, I'd feel a certain way about it. But you know, mm-hmm. again, Gary Cole cut a paycheck. His name is dad. His name is dad. His name is dad. But he, he's been on like the West wing, the good wife veep. Um, he, probably most memorable as the boss from office space. Yes. yes. The TPS reports. Yada, yada. He's also in uh dodgeball and Talladega nights. Um, and he is the voice of Harvey Birdman. I oh. had no idea, yeah. and now I love what? him. What? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? <laughs> Eve Gordon plays Carolyn, uh, the aforementioned stepmom. She was on Honey, I, We Shrunk Ourselves, which was the third film in that series where I think both parents were recast. Bless. She was in the TV movie about the Partridge family called Come On, Get Happy. She was also in The Grudge 2. Uh, she was the mom on Felicity. Uh, she was on the short-lived Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment 23 and most recently was Dr. Somebody Somebody on Big Little Lies. I haven't seen that one, but I did just binge four episodes of The Undoing last night. I've only got two more left, apparently. It's so good. Oh, anyway. Last, we have uh, Sean O'Brien who plays Max. 
Good Lord. Here we are, kids. Shall I kick us off? Yeah, let's let's let's, uh, let's do this. All right. Jake Wilkinson, an 18 year old attending boarding school in California, has not been home to Larchmont, New York, for any holiday since his mother died and his father remarried 10 months later. A few days before Christmas Eve, his father offers to give him his vintage 1957 Porsche 356 if he is home by 6 p.m. Christmas Eve for Christmas dinner. Initially, Jake traded in his plane tickets home, intending to skip the holiday for a trip to Cabo San Lucas with his girlfriend and fellow New Yorker, Allie. When she declines, Jake reconsiders his father's deal and retrades the tickets back to New York with Allie agreeing to ride with him. Okay. So intermittently, it's a boarding school, but also a college. I thought it was a college. It said, it said Palisades, Palisades, Palisades College. But sometimes the term college is used to refer to like a prep school, which is really still high school. But also he's 18. He's 17 at the time. Oh, but also there were lockers. I don't know. The lockers threw me off yeah. really quite a bit for some reason. Yeah. Truly, especially because Clancy looked it up and it's St. Mary on the rock or something. It's a co- It's like a private uh, Catholic school. It's a boarding school in Brentwood. Yeah. Oh, so, so, right. so yeah. So I, yeah, I, I honestly didn't think about that with the locker situation because it doesn't make any sense because they have dorms. They can put their shit there. Yeah. Thank you. Exactly that. And also, <laughs> you're 17. Are we really still shoving small children into lockers? I mean, yeah. And like, he never comes back up. No. Like, he's well, just I mean, left to, like, there's no arc with him. Well, no. <sighs> but that's what I'm saying is like, he's just there for act one, basically. Yeah. Um. Really quick before we like get into it, yes. at the beginning of it, um, I've never really like when we watch movies, we generally don't skip anything. Yeah. I really wanted to skip these intros. <laughs> um, Why was this intro sequence so goddamn long? It was so long and the singer, I couldn't deal. Somebody's gonna make a happy trip tonight. While the moon is bright. He's gonna have a bag of crazy toys. Give the gonest of the girls and boys so big. Santa comes on big. <laughs> I made Clancy pause it and I was like, what is this? What is this like to you? And he goes, rat race. And because like, it's got the little dot that's like hopping around from all the letters oh and stuff like that. Oh my god. Like, well, also you love rat race. rat race. That's like one of I your do. favorite movies. Yes, so it is. Of course. But I think that. this predates that, and it makes me wonder if it was a it was inspired. They were like, oh my God, we can do that in our movie. Look, just one of the writers on Rat Race is a massive JTT fan. It's just like, so I saw this movie. <laughs> Million dollar idea. What if we open it like this? All of his notebooks are like, um, you remember in junior high when you uh, would like sort of decoupage cutouts from your Tiger Beats oh, or whatever onto absolutely. your notebooks? Absolutely. Yes. All of that writer's notebooks look like that. Oh, you're taking me back right now. (laughs) Yep. Okay. So what was the kid's name that was in the locker? Ian. 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 He, uh, uh, Jake, Jonathan Taylor Thomas, uh, goes up to him and is like, you know, like he's handing him his mail through the locker because he's, he's stuck inside of it and he won't open the locker in order. Like, it's really kind of like 
Jake is already a terrible person. Yes. Like at this point, like I'm like, I don't like you already. Agreed. Um, I don't like anybody in this movie until about 17 minutes in. Yeah. He gets all of that mail through. He lets him out of the locker and then proceeds to like say, Oh, Hey, I need you to change these New York tickets. Hop on the net and change these two New York tickets. He says, get on the net. And he says, change these to Cabo San Lucas. What is the deal with you being sardined into your locker again? It was Eddie Taffin and his troglodyte trio. They're bugged about the phony IDs we sold them. All right, I'll take care of them later. Right now, I need you to get on the net, change that ticket. My dad got me to New York into two seats to Cabo San Lucas. Okay. Will you be taking Allie? Working on that now. He also asks, do you have the backstage passes to Dave Matthews? Oh my God, and I forgot about like, that. There are so many... <laughs> What? Who is this child? What does he do? I guess he's supposed to. I guess the the concept of like the nerdy best friend has has shifted from like revenge of the nerds. I'm going to program a robot to bring cocktails around to um, sort of pocket hacker can do anything you want. Yes. And I also think that this really speaks to the time of the nineties when like the internet was so cool and you could just do tech stuff. So it's kind of like, wow, he's sending pages from the internet. Yeah. They could have literally said anything that was tech or computer related. And I think because we were still also blown away by the concept of the internet, we would have said, yes, that's how it works. I would also say that we were blown away by the concept of two other things again, marketed towards girls. There's a 10 seconds, 15 seconds about no strips. Yes. The Bior strips, the Bior strips, (laughs) which I looked it up, came out two years before this movie. So they would have been fresh for writers when they were writing it. And I just imagine these two 20 year old dudes who basically write circle jerk comedy uh going i don't know man what are girls talking about right now uh my girlfriend picked up a pack of those new no strips let's put that in and then they're gonna wear them to school all of them like hey we're just out out alex let me ask you at any point at any point in your youth in your pre mid or post pubescence did you ever think i'm gonna go ahead and wear this biore poor strip out of the house no can't say that that's yeah. something I would have done. <laughs> Who does? I didn't that? even realize that. Oh my god! It's totally product right, placement, one hundred percent, and it goes right back uh, to so it's that. It's that, and correct me if I'm wrong. The Delia's catalog. Oh my god, the Delia's <laughs> catalog. Yes, and I only know about this because as a young homosexual, I would pine over my stepsister's Delia's catalog, thinking. Why don't they have Delia's for boys? Which was really somewhere in the back of my head, me going, no, bitch, you just want to wear this shit. Um, <laughs> you know, and now, and now I'm, here we are. Here we are. Here we are. Now I make Ursula costumes out of trash so the, bags. The reason why I bring up the, the New York plane tickets um, is because he, he changes them to the other plane ticket. Right. And then suddenly he has printed plane tickets yeah. that are on the paper that you would only be able to get from a travel agent. You're totally right. It's, yep. Oh God. How, how even like, ugh. but again, it's like, they're just skipping through these things. Cause they're, I feel like 
Jake, the character of Jake is being written as whatever these dudes and I don't know, Disney at the time thought girls wanted to see in a boy that was clearly uh, easy to market. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think so. I could see that. Like he's super it like mm, I can I could draw a crazy uh detective yarn board map line from this to the concept of pickup artist shows. Mm-hmm. Because like Jake is kind of naggy. He's super smarmy. He's always got a quick line to disarm his girlfriend that he surprised. Like it, I got those kind of like, you know, and maybe it's just cause it was on one of my Spotify, like my top 100, that song from the Bob's burger soundtrack. When uh, Tina's trying to learn how to pick up a boy. Hello there, my brothers. I almost didn't see you. I am the Prince of Persuasia. There are three steps to persuading women. Step number one, Trap your princess. Physically corner her in a room and eventually in your life. Step two, insult your princess. Insult her face, her body, her brain, her car. The lower her self-esteem, the higher your chances, bro. It's been biologically proven by me. Step three, brag. Not lying, but close. Pick up a story about her. Yeah, it's that. I was getting that vibe. It's that goddamn crooked grin that he has. That makes it so Ugh. he could say anything to me and then pop Those it. soft and supple lips. <laughs> yep. Oh. Can we talk sure. about, can we talk about Allie's room for a moment? Yes. Yes. We see this intro and we follow Jake and he's going to his a girlfriend, Allie's dorm room to chat. And yes, his Allie's roommate tries to block him from getting in and he bribes her with protein bars. Ah, zone defense, huh? Guess I'm not gonna be able to get in, unless... What's this? Cherry crunch. Would I bring you anything else? Sierra, I'm sure that tastes good here, but I bet it would taste even better someplace else. Shoo-shoo. She is being written to be coded as a lesbian. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But at least I would say that for a film in 1998 written by these individuals, the, the, the stereotype they're going with, the worst they could say is that she's kind of a jock. Okay. Sure. Sure. Yeah. And that she could body Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. fine with that. I'm uncomfortable with him climbing into bed with her while she's asleep. Yeah, I didn't really love that either. I'm a little uncomfortable with the Smash Mouth poster on the wall. (laughs) He moves her body so that she is snuggling with him as she wakes up, which you know what? I'm sure nine-year-old me thought, this boy is so romantic. But, you know, adult me... Mm, not so much. No, no. Adult me goes, how dare you? You don't know what my plans are. What this is, this <laughs> yeah. is look, everybody in this film needs therapy. Truly. Oh, because yes. this could all just come down to unresolved issues that he has obviously with his father remarrying after his mother passed. And he harps on this and I get it. That's probably something that maybe a teenager would struggle with. No, that a teenager absolutely would struggle with. But why is it defining his life so much? Yeah. Why is it making him such a dick? Who the fuck is this child 
that the 17 year old is thinking about going to Cabo San Lucas with his girlfriend on his own. Yeah. Has he never seen a current affair? America's most wanted two 17 year old kids going off on their own. They're going to get taken. That would have been a more interesting movie to me, actually. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of what they did with uh, the beach. Isn't it with um, the other guy, DiCaprio? Yes. Kind of that. Yes. I don't know that I ever saw that one either. Is that on Disney plus? No. Damn it. Well, um, anyway, I, I don't know where I was going with this, but Jake's a scammer. I had so many questions about that. We see him in the next scene in the cafeteria with his bros and they're talking about fake IDs that I'm assuming Jake has supplied to them. And I just, yes, to get into disco inferno night at the Viper room. So it's Disco Inferno Night at the Viper Room, right? And it's me and the Murph Man, and the Ed Man, and the Ken Man, right? And we've been waiting in line for like half the night, right? And the bouncer, he finally gives us the nod. So we go over there and debut our brand new IDs. And the dude goes, bye-bye. And no one, no one says bye-bye to the Brent Man. Again, who is this man? (laughs) Is he a forger? Is he a high schooler? Is he a college student? I don't know. I have so many questions. I feel like I feel like he's using Ian, which makes me even like him even less yes. because like Ian is literally cast aside in this movie. Oh, yeah. Like it is he he's he not given any sort of like uh, I put the, I had the note. I hope he's paid well just oh. because like he just climbed up on a fucking roof to to drift that snow down. Which I did love that. If someone wants to do that to my house, then you're welcome anytime. So I can just pretend. Also, why is it like Brent man and like Ed man and all oh these my stupid names? I yes. hate them so much. There's, there's forced Californiaisms. I feel like in the dialogue. Yeah. yeah. That's it's just, not good. Clancy. I just realized something. What? What's that? Aren't you Clance man? Oh my God. Are you part that a, of that crew? I didn't want to say anything. I've been going to therapy for years about this and people <laughs> just keep saying that and I don't know what to tell them. <laughs> That's a lie. You've never been to therapy. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, at the party. Um, This is where I had the biggest flashbacks, the frosted tips, the LA looks gel in the hair, the like metal ball bearing necklaces, the like weird scrump dancing or whatever it's called where the dude's just kind of like punching. Yeah. I feel though before, like before the party though is the beeper scene. I I would be remiss if I did not talk. I have a giant note on my notebook that just says beepers. It's like it's a whole plot. So Jake being this, I don't know, jack of all trades guy who solves all the problems and has all the answers, has this master plan that he is going to help his friends cheat on a test by, I don't know what the verb is, beepering them? Paging them. And you don't know the verb because it is a technology that is already far obsolete yes so he's going to page them line by line what the answers on this test are 
and his teacher is totally fine with it because they're jocks and it's like oh oh it's the coach the never coach mind is paging us why wouldn't you have a vibrate setting a um, move. though then that would lead to three jocks looking down at their crotch at the same time as you as you hear but, but this is what i'm saying we're so far removed from whoever the intended audience of this is um i've i've never seen a 1950 monkey porsche in my life i love monkey porsches that one time we saw a Lambo in Vegas, we all freaked out so much we took a selfie. Come on, so Clancy. So many. That was, a, that was a good picture. So many. But yeah, so the, these guys get mad because he fucked them over, but the only thing that fucked them over was Eddie ending. It's Eddie's fault. Yes, that's what I don't were, understand. Yeah. The, the plan they, fell through. Those are, aren't those his friends? Aren't those Eddie's friends? Yes. What? And why isn't Ian going? No, no. I mean, I know the answer. It's because he's in a locker, but (laughs) it it boggles the mind. And then their sort of uh, next logical leap is to abandon him in the desert to be left for dead. Yeah. Yeah. I also wanted. So my thought, I love that you guys picked up on all of this, like frosted tips and downshifting of the Porsches during the party. My single note that I wrote down was, where are the adults? Oh my God. Because truly, it, like the first all. shot of that party scene says student lounge. And I mean, I, I did go to a, I think, regular, regular college. I don't know. And never, yeah. <laughs> ever did I see a party like that in a student lounge. No. I went to a Catholic school where you kind of would expect people to be a little bit more wild, I think. Mm hmm. Um, stereotypically anyway. Uh, and that definitely wasn't the case. My school was chock full of nerds, which is great. I loved it, but there, uh, the wild parties were all off campus. Sometimes it was the jocks, but most of the people were just stoned. Yep. And those are chill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they have this wild party and then they all confront him about the beeper situation. And then the next shot which again, I watch rewatching this. I didn't realize how stark the ne- the shots were from one another. The next yeah. shot straight from the party is we're zooming in on Jonathan Taylor Thomas in a Santa outfit in the middle of the desert. Yep. Which leads us right to the next bit of the synopsis. Yeah. Do you want to read into it? I'll do it. Give it. Eddie, Jake's nemesis and rival for Allie's affections, and his crew leave Jake in the desert dressed as Santa Claus's punishment for reneging on his deal to steal a cheat sheet for an exam. Which, again, I got this from Wikipedia. That's not entirely accurate. Uh, While Jake is stuck in the California desert, Eddie ends up giving a reluctant Allie a ride home to New York after she thinks Jake has bailed on her again. With three days to get home, Jake stumbles upon Nolan, a thief driving stolen kitchen goods to his dealer in New York. A police officer pulls them over in Colorado for speeding to get out of trouble. Jake lies that Nolan is his elf and they're donating goods to the children's hospital. And then the officer invites them to accompany him to North Platte, Nebraska to help him win back his wife. Oofa doofa. So much okay, to unpack okay, okay. here. I didn't realize that this was only taking place over three days. Can you drive from California to New York in three days? Straight through. That's I'm pretty sure that's the only way to do As it. As a 17 year old, would they be expected to be able to do something Absolutely like that? Absolutely not. It does say Palisades College at the top, Los Angeles. And Mm -hmm. if we're to assume that it's meant to be whatever the filming location is, which is that uh, Catholic boarding school or college, whatever it is now in LA, then it's in Brentwood and he's going to Larchmont, New York. And if you drove that straight through, 
42 hours. Sure. That's totally okay. reasonable. Okay. Okay. <laughs> they stopped three times. This is what I'm saying. Like, none of this makes any GD sense. Yeah. But the scene opens with my favorite version of White Christmas, which opens my favorite Christmas film ever, Mixed Nuts, sadly not on Disney+. And I felt that this movie already was besmirching this version's good name. Yeah. It's the one that it's the... So good. So good. I do love it, but I think for me, when I hear that song, I think of the Santa Claus. Yes. Okay. okay. Fair. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, but yes, I it's usually used in comedies, mm-hmm. Christmas comedies. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first note here I had was imagine being the person on set. Who's the vulture wrangler. I loved that vulture. It's a little run. I honestly like had to pause the movie and have a moment um, because <laughs> that vulture really stole the scene for me. Yeah, the vulture is my favorite character in this movie thus far. <laughs> he said that about four times. Each time there was a new one that replaced the previous one. So so take notes, folks. There's a quiz at the end. Um, but these, yeah, these four uh, teenagers are essentially trying to murder Jake. Yeah, he is an asshole and a scammer. They didn't leave water. No, they glued a Santa suit to him. There yeah, are literally documentaries glued. about this. And somebody ends are like, like, I survived episodes of like, I was left in the desert and Nope, it's a fun prank. Hee hee. How did a Disney executive go? No, this is great, guys. Good job. <laughs> I'm so worried. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't understand this at all. How does this movie get made with not one likable character 17 minutes in? Yeah. No, we have the vulture. The vulture, that is. At 17 minutes in. It's this true. is what no, I'm you're saying. True. It's, it's, yeah. This is what I'm saying. <laughs> I will say that it, it, uh, with back to Allie and Eddie, you know, because he's like, oh, I don't know what happened to him. I guess if you need to get home to New York, I'm your only option. Nobody's packed a bag. That car is empty. Hey, but at least she does, you know, say no racist, homophobic, misogynist jokes. I'm going to hit you, et cetera. But I think kind of like in 10 things I hate about you, it's being written for comedic effect. Like you're supposed to laugh at her saying that. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think too, it's like a point about the times, like watching that now, it's just like, Oh my God. Yeah. I, She's being completely serious, but at the time it was probably more of like, oh, her, she's just being such a stick in the mud. Yeah. Yeah. So Jake finds a gas station. Poppy pump and pantry. And my favorite thing is that he asks to use the phone, makes a call to Allie. Allie doesn't pick up. And then he calls his dad, but not before the guy who runs the gas station says, is it going to be long distance? And that is, just took me right back. You had to pay extra if you were calling someone outside of your area code. One of the things, though, that I wrote down about this phone call. So he calls after calling Allie, he calls his father to be like, things are fucked up. Please help me. And he gets his sister on the line, his younger sister. And she makes yes. the remark. Cool. Get me, dad. When did I become your slave? The day you were born. Oh, right. Oh, dad. It's the prodigal son. What? What is any of this writing in some of this dialogue, especially between the siblings? Can we talk about the Tom Jones grandmas? <gasps> oh, I loved cat. them. What's new, pussycat? Pussycat. 
the Tom Tom girls. I'm going to link in the show notes for anybody who hasn't heard it. The John Mulaney bit about this song because I can't hear it without thinking about the bit. She overhears the the sob story, which honestly is kind of true. Like he he's he is stranded out in the middle of nowhere. Give this woman the phone. She's an alibi. No. Yes, absolutely. Sir, your son is is here in the desert. We're at Poppy's poo poo palace or whatever it's called. (laughs) Poppy's pumping and and poodles pump and grind pump and grind. It's absolutely true. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much. If I give you some money, will you drop him off at the Las Vegas airport? I'll have a ticket waiting for him and he'll be home. But instead he lies to his dad and gets a ride with some grannies who love Tom Jones. God, I, what I would yeah. give to be in that car. I don't know because when he's in that car, he almost gets a blow Jay from a, from an old lady whose teeth fall out. Yeah. Um, accidental blow Jay. I should say <laughs> she just bit. falls asleep, open mouthed into his crotch. Sure. As you do, there are pickles involved. Okay. Santa Claus, make yourself useful and just put those right back in her mouth. A gherkins, anyone? Oh, oh for Pete's sake. Oh, well, that's lovely. What happened? Santa just yammied in your handbag. Uh, and then, and then he, he yammies in her purse. Yeah. And they kick him out for this. And I'm a little like, was this the last straw for them? Because like, I mean, if he literally was sick. Wouldn't they want to help it? Because the one grandma, the one, the, the grandma that was driving wasn't the one making the decision to kick him out. It was the, the sister that was in the back. Yes. I just, well, I loved it. Yeah. I, I will say like, he deserves all of the things that are happening to him. Absolutely. Like, I'm absolutely on board for drag him through the mud, literally. And like, it starts raining and then snowing in the desert. I don't know. Which I question having probably been where he's at, but again, whatever it's Hollywood. You, you lived in Vegas for a couple years. It does it snow around Christmas in Vegas often. Um, so we last year did actually drive through a touch of snow just outside of Vegas so I could maybe see that happening, but it's what what time of year was this? Uh, it was for Thanksgiving, so it's not necessarily okay. totally out okay. of the realm. But I mean, it's not an. I mean, it does occurrence. get cold as fuck in the desert. Yeah. It's just there's rarely that much moisture. But honestly, in that cheap ass Santa suit that he was in, like he's got to be like losing some toes or some fingers or something because it's it's cold. Yeah. <laughs> He sees her on the road as he's moving along and trying to hitchhike after being with these grannies. He doesn't just yell. He instead tries to play Frogger and then come to find out they were turning around anyway. So he could have just stayed on the side of the road he was on. Like, why didn't he yell? He was just across the street. Like, yell her name. Ellie! But he didn't do it until he was halfway across and then Eddie sees him first. And here's the other thing. If I were Allie and I was driving and riding in that car with Eddie and he pulled that U-turn in that traffic, I'd want to get the fuck out right there. My God. Yeah, I'd be like, let me out of this car right the fuck That now. was terrifying. Mm-hmm. But the butt warmer. The butt warmer. <laughs> Mountains like this don't exist in that part of the desert. No. Yeah, I definitely have a note that says, okay, but really where the fuck is he supposed to be? Yeah. And then we get this gorgeous idiot who hits him with his car. But first, yeah, he, I would like to point out that there, and this is me totally humoring my 90s girl self, uh, there's a scene with Ali talking to what's-his-face, uh, Eddie. Eddie. And she's singing mm-hmm. Aqua. Jones, 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 Jones,
and they pick yeah. the worst yes. aqua song ever. None of their songs were great. The Barbie cheapest Girl, aqua sure, song. I will love it. But it has all these really odd, like, singing points to it. And I don't know. Just why? Why did they do that to Allie? I had yeah. all caps. Oh my God, Dr. Jones, I am having flashbacks to junior high raves. Yes. <laughs> they get into this discussion about why Jake over me. And uh, my response for Allie is because Jake's just a narcissist. He's not a fucking attempted murderer. And because Jake doesn't refer to himself in the third person. I mean, that would be a leg up for me over anybody. But Nolan, yeah. let's talk about Nolan. Nolan, Nolan. is apparently fencing some goods. And the way that Jake convinces him to to drive him, you know, where he needs to go is, you know, mentioning his girlfriend. But Nolan takes that to mean that, quote, Wait a minute. Are you saying that's Mrs. Claus in that car with another guy? Mrs. Claus stepping out on Santa, letting some other guy down the chimney? Why, that two-timing ho! Two-timing ho! I died when I heard that. <laughs> and this is what this is actually this is exactly the moment where I went back and I was like, wait a minute, I need to look up what the writers are. Because who wrote that line yeah. about Mrs. Claus? There was a continuity error for me at that point. So before Nolan hits Jake with his car, he's trying to eat this hamburger yes. and like fishing this tomato out and whatever. And then Jake's in the car and they flash back and Jake makes this comment about we can't keep having this conversation for another two hours, insinuating that they've already been driving for two hours. But Nolan is still eating the hamburger. How long oh. does it take you to eat a hamburger? Maybe he's just got like a sack of hamburgers. He's like wimpy oh, from the Popeye cartoons. I like that. I'd gladly pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today. So they get pulled over for speeding. Uh, cop shows up. Nolan gets nervous. Yeah. Cop pulls them over. They switch places. Nolan pulls a, an elf hat out of somewhere that he happens to have. Yeah. Pops it on. And suddenly they are Santa Claus and his elf going to snowflake, snowflake, snowball, snowflake, something like that. Snow something. Something like that. Uh, going to a hospital to deliver presents to children. Yeah. And this officer offers to escort them so they could get there super fast. So like Jake's ongoing grift just keeps getting him deeper and deeper into trouble. Really? And this is supposed to be funny to teen girls, I guess. Um, and, and they, they commit to the bit for lack of a better term and start giving out these kitchen appliances to these children. Nolan tries to fight over the bagel toaster I with guess. the little girl with that um, quintessential nineties little girl haircut mm -hmm. the like mid forehead bangs just over the brows and then everything it's like a curtain that's about to close over her face oh, i could send you pictures yeah. baby alex had that haircut for years <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah so they're handing out what are clearly stolen items you have the toaster you have a, a hand vacuum with the cop sitting right there right there and everyone yeah. just says this is fine and they clear out that entire room and we end with my next favorite character in this movie. Esteban. 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 And this child starts to drag uh, Jake through all of his family members being like, you know what? No, I don't want this hand vacuum. I want to see my family. I want to get out of here. I want to see my dog Zorito. Like mm -hmm. I, it, I, I, I just was like, I feel for this kid so much. I, 
don't think as a child of Esteban's age, I knew any family members even past my mother and father and possibly my dog. So the fact that this child was able to recite his entire family tree was truly a feat to me. I want to be with me, mama, me, papa, mi hermana Maribel, mi hermano Mario, tío Carlos y mi tío Ramón, tía Cristina, tía María, grandmothers and grandfathers, and my dog, Sorito, and half Christmas tree and lights and angels and Christmas cookies. And the note that I had was, fuck them up, Esteban. <laughs> yes. I want that on a t-shirt. Oh my God. Get it. And he does. He fucks them right up so much that they have, they all, everybody, every adult in that room then feels compelled to go call their family. Yes. And yeah. apologize for some previous misdeeds. And the note that I had for this was all these boys just need to kiss. Yeah. yeah. I think that would have solved a lot. <laughs> it would have. Oh. We then get to our next piece in this film where the police yes. officer thinks it is a good idea to ask a 17 year old boy dressed in a Santa dresses a Santa outfit, which automatically I guess then makes him Santa Claus to drive with him <laughs> to Nebraska to convince yes. his wife to get back together yeah. with him, which in and of itself is once again, toxic behavior, yeah, right? I really liked Max until I found out the story as to why she left him. Yeah. And was just like, yeah, of course, of course she would. Yeah. yeah she being Marjorie, his ex-wife. I was so distracted by the, the turf and turf restaurant. I loved the turf and turf. <laughs> but a Alex, you're, you're vegan. Yes. Yes. Would you eat at a restaurant where the cows are literally right outside the window? A la a lobster tank at a seafood restaurant. I have the same note. I have the same note in my notes. I, I, I wrote down. Wait, are the cows at this restaurant the cows that people eat a la lobsters in a tank? <laughs> Holy shit! Because oh, I knew you. Why? I mean, yes, I'm a Texan. I've been to all the Texan restaurants. I understand this is in Same. Nebraska, so it's a little different. But never have I been to a restaurant back in the days when I ate meat. I've never ever gone to a steakhouse where the cows are literally right there. And I went and picked and out reacting to whatever's happening in the yes. restaurant for that matter. Oh, the scene the outfits though. Marge's outfit. I want that. I so much. loved it. We could probably make it <laughs> one trip to a Michael's and I can make you that cow hat. Clancy. Yes. We'll do or maybe it. We can get merch to make one. <gasps> oh my God. I'm gonna <laughs> I would buy that 100%. <laughs> I loved it. So, Oh my God. So essentially Jake says, yes, I will absolutely help you do that. So then they go see Marge at the turf and turf. And yeah. we find out that Max kissed his ex-girlfriend outside of where Smitty's. Yeah. Die. Now, don't you think you're being a little bit harsh now, Marjorie? Harsh after he kissed that tramp in front of everybody at Smitty's. Well, you know, I'm sure it was a friendly kiss, right? Like brother, sister. There was tongue. There was not. There was too, you big pig. Everybody saw it. Marjorie, it wasn't me kissing her. It was the Jägermeister. And it was the Jaeger that did it. Yeah. At 3 a.m. And he's blaming it on the on the booze, which, which is not to be confused with blaming it on the juice. Good distinction. 
another thing that I know viscerally from my time as a gay in the nineties is that alcohol don't make a man do anything he wouldn't do when he was sober. It just makes him more willing to do it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. Max is a floozy. Because Max is a floozy. And Marge has every right to kick him to the curb. 100%. And how fucking dare he? I'm gesticulating with my shiner bottle, but I'm really getting into this. How dare he come into her place of employment with a hillbilly hoedown band with his own version of whatever fucking Christmas carol that was. If she keeps her job after that, I would be surprised. Jake entices this band to come in and help Max sing to Marjorie while he's writing down the lyrics. But then, so what ruined what ruined Max for me, I, I could maybe have looked past the kissing of the girlfriend at the bar is he is singing this very sweet, like, please come back. I love you Christmas song. And then he stops paying attention to Jake's lyrics and gets real like sexual with it. I hope that singing this song will make everything all right. You're not the only one. Oh, Marjorie. Oh, baby. Talks about I'm gonna fuck you on the velvet Christmas tree skirt. Yes. In front of her section and everybody else in the restaurant and the cows outside. They heard it. I hope they have a fake tree because if that (laughs) is just covered in pine needles, that would be such a bad time. How many Christmas skirts do they go through every year? Y'all have y'all have just derailed me, and I'll tell you why. Because Marge is clearly hurting. What I don't see a woman going, oh, can I love this man again? I see a woman who's saying, oh, no, am I going to go back again? A woman who has been hurt, who is being convinced by a grand gesture to ignore her own pain. Again, everybody in this Mm -hmm. fucking movie should be in therapy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Everybody in this movie should be in therapy. If you want to fix your relationship, go to therapy. And if Marge still says no, then you've got your answer. No is a complete sentence. But guess what? It fucking works. And they get back together. And she tries to give Jake advice on the, you know, friends that he has and his relationship issues. And Marge has the right perspective. Mm -hmm. Jake is a fucking asshole about all of this, but clearly she can be won over by a a grand gesture. And I'm not demeaning Marge because I really think I really think there's a better man for her than Max. And I think a solid therapist would help her find that. The last note I had for this section was Marjorie run. All right. Do you want to move on to the next session? I guess. Meanwhile, Allie convinces Eddie to stay the night at a novelty hotel in a Bavarian village. Caught kissing under mistletoe during a news broadcast, Jake catches the broadcast from a Nebraska bus station. Hatching a plan to detour to the village, she convinces a whole busload of people that a cooler needs to be delivered to a little girl at the hospital in the Bavarian village for a little liver transplant. After Allie lets Jake into her and Eddie's room, Eddie walks out of the shower, only clad in a towel, and Jake assumes he and Allie have slept together. Jake and Allie make up until Jake blurts out that Eddie prevented him from getting home by 6 p.m. to get his car, uh, the Porsche. Upset that Jake cares more about that than her, Allie storms onto the bus and takes Jake's seat. I want to talk about the Bavarian um, hotel room that they get put into. Well, the first note before we get to the room that I had was, oh, I think I'd like to stay 
in a Bavarian village Same. like this for Christmas. Cause it's kind of like, like Solvang or even like New Braunfels, mm-hmm. Fredericksburg, is that Fredericksburg. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. We've driven through them. Gorgeous. But then we get into this hotel room. <laughs> What's wrong with it? it I think it's totally fine. Feel <laughs> common to your honeymoon suite. Is that music diegetic or non-diegetic? Because if that music plays when you open the door to that room, that's Holy a hard shit. no. <laughs> Sign me up. Book me a night stay. Let's fucking go. I just loved it. I was just like, I. why didn't we go to our honeymoon there? Oh, my nope. God. Nope, 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 nope. Yeah. And then how does anybody buy this ruse on the bus? Oh, my God. Oh, I, Can I found we a liver. talk about that? Let's, please. <laughs> yeah, I have a in all caps. Is no one questioning why there is a liver on this bus unattended? I, Should there not be a doctor, medical personnel? Yes, I also have in yeah. all caps, who would believe this? But the first thing that really caught me off guard when Jake is hatching this plan of creating the liver is he looks back and there's a gentleman behind him with a piece of Texas toast and what I can only assume is a mound of raw meat to which right? he is yeah. slathering barbecue sauce on with his fingers yeah. it's so gross mm-hmm. regardless he he decides to put this slab of meat in a cooler and write in crayon that this is a a liver i don't know i just he steals that girl's crayons she no longer can color now because he's stolen the crayons he stole the crayons from that girl he literally stole from a baby he, what did he steal crayons crayons okay what what's happening here crayons Am I supposed to be saying crayons? That's how I say it. it they're crayons. Shut up. <laughs> he steals them and then uses them to write on a cooler all of these details. And everybody on the bus who are adults actively are yeah. like, you're right. This is 100% a medical operation. We must see this liver off. There's that one soldier in like formal dress mm-hmm. who's like, you don't understand, man. Is this yours? Hmm? No, not yours either. Whose is it? Human liver? Organ donation. Oh my God, we've got a live liver here. It just delivered to Allie Henderson in Adelbrook ASAP. Think it's real? Let's take a look. But they fall for it and uh, they make their way to this... Bavarian village where apparently there is a hospital. So he gets into that room, that God awful room. And yeah, Eddie walks out in nothing but a towel sploosh. I was not (laughs) expecting Eddie to look that, you know, cut. I started to type. I just want to pinch his nipple. And then I went, (laughs) wait, Oh no, he was too young then for me to have this thought. Mm -hmm. And then I didn't write the note. Instead, you told us here. Teenage me would have been hot for Eddie. Absolutely. Because I was hot for JTT. He's redeemed at that point. No, he's not. (laughs) No, he's not. But we almost like JTT whips that towel off in a very Austin Powers-esque joke. And we see in her thigh. Oh, yes. Yeah, we do see in her thigh. We see a lot more of that 17-year-old boy than I think you would see of a 17-year-old boy on screen today. He definitely has that pee-pee sock on. Yes. And there's a jug of orange juice that is obstructing the view. I will say this film has a solid joke in it and it's wasted in this film. And it's when he says that he's been 
listening to 10 hours of Sarah McLaughlin and Easy Cummings. Yep. <laughs> Yo, if anyone should be mad here, it's me, okay? Because I've had to listen to nonstop Natalie Merchant, Easy Cummings. It's E.E. E. Cummings. I, I did like I that. actually laughed oh out God. loud at that. I liked that one. But honestly, like, Ali dragging him at this point in that hotel room was the best thing that's happened oh, in this oh, movie. Yeah. This she far. called and him, calls him a genuine, a butthole. genuine butthole. <laughs> yes. I genuine that. butthole. I, I just don't understand why the car is the breaking point. Granted, if he had been honest and said, you know what? I was too rash. That was heartless of me. Let's go back to New York. Also. I mean, why not? My dad's going to give me the car. I feel like she would have been just fine with that if he had just said that at the beginning. Of course, then the movie wouldn't happen, but I think we'd be better off. Agreed. Honestly. Yeah. yeah. If this was a commercial for like Southwest Airlines. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Allie calls Jake a genuine butthole, which I loved, and then takes his yep. seat on the bus and is off. Yep which then leaves Jake and Eddie to suddenly become best friends singing karaoke in Eddie's car as they continue to make their way to New York. Sure. Potential murder, potential murder victim. And, and Eddie only kicks Jake out when he's like, I'm not going to help you be more cool than me. What? What? That's typical nineties problem. You cannot be cooler than I. I just don't understand. Yeah. Jake and Eddie drive off. When Eddie realizes that Jake will get Allie and the Porsche if he makes it home, he gets jealous and throws Jake out of his car somewhere in Wisconsin. (laughs) Jake decides to enter a Santa Claus race for a chance to win a $1,000 prize to buy an airline ticket to New York. While registering, Jake meets a nice man named Jeff Wilson, whom he barely beats in the race. En route to the airport, Jake learns that Jeff is actually the mayor of the town who usually wins the race every year and donates the prize money to buy food for the impoverished. Jake feels bad and gives the money to the mayor. Okay. Uh, the Kenyan joke was oh dated, stereotypical, and therefore racist. Super yeah. racist. Fuck. That was. Oh my god. Yeah. It, it, he talks about him winning it every year. You know, beating a race record or whatever. How does the mayor win every year? Like none of this makes any fucking Can sense. We also just acknowledge Jake has the most incredible luck of anyone I've ever met. Have you met him? Well, in my dreams. <laughs> Fair. Uh, yeah. So there's the Santa race. Like I, I've done this thing where you line up along the route of a 5k and cheer people on like that's rad. Yeah. But this 5k where people are handing out cookies and milk, milk with, and cookies yes. it shouldn't be. It should be more like a turkey trot. That's like super casual a 5k in a Santa suit. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm going to. And then like the carbo load joke, which they do with pizza was better used in the office yes. when they did the fun Agreed. run for rabies. <laughs> um, it just was. But like this I whole wonder if this inspired that. I honestly wouldn't be surprised had to have been because when you think about that, like Mindy Kaling would have been the right age to see this movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? And she was a writer on that show for sure. If anybody in that writer's room saw that movie, it was her. Yeah. The milk and cookies. (laughs) Thanks for coming to our office. Minnie I, my stomach turned even just thinking about running and then ingesting milk and cookies. (laughs) Gross. Just chunky Uh, curdles in your tummy. But yeah, he, He barely wins. The mayor kind of holds back a little bit because he had lied about his house being burnt down with the receipt. So like 
That's why I think the mayor dipped back to let him win rather than taking the money and, you know, doing the charitable thing. That makes sense to me. I noticed that and was kind of like, why is this guy waiting? Yeah. Yeah. But the other side of that is, is like if that, if the mayor of the town is that charitable every year, he's, I don't think that that extra thousand dollars would necessarily change. Like he would would have still done it. Yeah. He would have still donated and it would have come out of his pocket. And this particular asshole would have had that thought and not cared. And the cab would have taken him onto the airport. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did that cab driver ever get paid? He's a, that was my next question. If he gave him all of the money that he had, that cab driver didn't get paid. Yeah. He finally calls his sister again. Oh, Tracy. Oh, Tracy. Tracy is the secret money bags of this movie. We come to find out as she has four years worth of birthday savings in her ballet bag. Of course she does. Would you fly home right now if you could? Uh, like, yeah. I've got at least four years of birthday money stashed upstairs in my ballerina bag. If I went to a ticket agent right now and bought you a plane ticket home, you'd make it in time for Christmas, right? You'd do that for me? No. I'd do it for Dad. She's played by Lauren Maltby who was uh, Margie Hammond in the Xenon series. Apparently. Girl of the 21st cool. century. He knows he, uh, and again, we get to this point of like the ID and not having the ID to yeah. get a plane ticket. And she, she literally wasted that money. That, that ticket never got That's used. What I thought. No. Mm-hmm. But it's, it turns out to be fine because as he is moping around, he sees a dog being wheeled out in a dog crate to be put on an airplane. And, just somehow Ringo, yes, somehow finds himself in said dog crate in the hole of a plane. And that's totally fine. And they fly the whole way together while Ringo is just tooting and pooting away. And then apparently that's the reason he stinks when they show back up later. But he, we get this montage of him continuing to try to hitchhike. And then he just ends up on somebody's car without them noticing without them noticing, even as he's banging on the roof, like turn left turn or whatever it is. I'm just like, this is all so wild. And he ends up in the Christmas parade of his town where this very stern parade director is warning the presence. Don't unwrap yourselves. Package people do not unwrap yourselves. I repeat, do not unwrap yourselves. You unwrap yourself, you are out of my parade. Do I make myself clear? She says this like 12 times. It's just a bunch of Christmas crackers. Oh my God. Yeah, but I noticed for some reason that her megaphone is wild looking. It's very decorated, super festive. (laughs) I'm here for it. But. Yes. When he reaches his street, he apologizes to Allie and they make up. Jake rides the sleigh home, arrives at 5.59 p.m. and intentionally waits a few minutes to go inside so he isn't in time to get the Porsche. When his father offers it to him anyway, he refuses. He also finally accepts his stepmother. The Wilkinsons and Allie get into the sleigh just as the parade arrives to join the procession. He has stolen so much in this movie. So much. So much. That sleigh, like he's literally causing so much destruction in his wake. Yeah. That like, I, 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 I hate him. I, I don't, I have, there is nothing redeeming about his character whatsoever. Nobody, even Allie up to this point, like I, because she forgives him again, barely likable. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I Jessica don't care. Peele, a delight. The character, yes. not so much. 
I don't understand the ending to this either because they pull up and Allie's like, let's go inside. You made it. And he says, no, let's watch my family. What time is it? It's 5.59. You made it. Yeah, I guess I did. Tell me when it's after six, okay? What do you mean? Aren't you going in? No, not yet. But I thought... Shh, shh, shh. Just watch. Watch what? My family. I... It's so creepy. And he's trying to show, like, no, see, I don't really want the car. It really is about being here with you and being with family. It's like but a gross of ghost of Christmas present moment. Like, it's just, weird. Uh, it's weird. Mm-hmm. And then that's weird. the end. And then they're in the parade. Yeah. It, this this movie, like, if I were to describe it in one sentence, is some white nonsense. Like, that's what this is. It's yeah. nonsense. It's a movie chock full of white nonsense, I think. I will say, though, that it ends with, by far, my favorite Christmas song, which is... From the other JT. Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays by 90s hit band NSYNC, which I must Mm -hmm. say, I actually tried to convince my choir director in sixth grade to let us sing (gasps) that song during our concert. Yes, 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 ma'am. Did they let you? No, because there's a line about like God sends you his love. And I will say for being in a Texas school, I was very surprised that she said we can't sing that because it's religious. So good for you, Miss Stanovich. Yeah, get it. All right, Miss Stanovich. She is one of our early heroes. Truly. Here on Nonplus. But yeah. um, Wow. This movie. It. Had so, everything. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It had glue Santas. It had uh, poopies, peepee dumb palace. kitchen thieves. Poopies, peepee palace. What? What's a poopies, poopies, peepee palace? Tom, Tom <laughs> girls and cows witnessing their own potential Truly. murder. I know it's so it was so made nonsense. for 30 for 30 million, but only made 12 point. I saw million. that this yeah. to no one's I bet surprised. most of that. Yeah, no, to no one's surprise. And I bet most of that budget was actually JTT's uh, salary. Probably. If I had yeah. to guess, honestly, because most of it was filmed in Canada. Yeah. And, and the notoriously uh, more cost effective to film in Canada than in the States, if you can swing it. For sure. Um, Rotten Tomatoes feels about the same way we do, my friends. Yeah, they they scored it a 23% oh, no. uh, for the critic store. Yeah, yeah, it's way low. Lisa Schwartzbaum from Entertainment Weekly said this family comedy finds unearned laughs in old women and dog flatulence. Yeah, that's yep. about right. Yeah. Uh, uh, what is that? Lael. Lael uh, Lowenstein uh, from Variety says arrogance gives away to humility making this an appropriate, if not cliched, uh, Christmas morale tale that is sugar-coated with an attractive cast uh, spouting sitcom-quality dialogue. Roger Ebert of the Chicago Sun-Times, when he was at the Sun-Times, said, I'll be home for Christmas will appeal to people who fail to care if nothing good happens in a movie. Yes, yes, Robert, that is exactly the right point. Holy shit. Viewers yeah. were a bit kinder. They scored it 41% on Rotten Tomatoes with Gene Dean saying a couple uh, uh, months ago, five stars. Everyone can relate to this with a two. I mean, with the number two. 
Not wrong. (laughs) If you're a rich white person who is only uh, drive to go home for Christmas is that you might get your daddy's Porsche. Then, yeah, I could absolutely relate to this. Yep. Stevie K uh, clearly has some bitterness over who girls liked when he was a child because he said girls used to think this nerd was cute. Seen him lately? You suck. Which I did actually look him up uh, only for me to learn that he is five foot five. Yeah, he's short. What? I had no idea. This poor baby, which makes me wonder if when they were shooting this, if Jessica Biel was taller than him and they had to maybe he was probably on apple yep, boxes yeah put him home maybe um uh, i, I haven't read it recently but vice did a uh review for this is the stevie d review of one and a half stars that says no one will care if he gets home or not <laughs> yes 100 percent. yeah his his parents are like oh yeah he may show up or he may not show up whatever. Yeah. I tried Uh. to include some good reviews, but this is before I watched it. And honestly, I don't care to give this one the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Alex, you said you had some trivia. All I was able to find that we wouldn't have already covered was this film's trailer shows a little boy urinating on Jake's lap. And that scene was cut from the Mm -hmm, film. mm -hmm. I found that one as well. Um, what else did I find? Well, I found that they, uh, Jessica Biel and Adam had started dating after the filming. And then uh, there was other Mm -hmm. one piece that I saw was interesting. So it said, Jonathan Taylor Thomas's character, Jake, being unconscious in the desert mirrors what happens to Simba, the character he voices in The Lion King, down to the vulture and vulture sounds. That's so funny. Which is interesting. Um, Spoiler. Synergy. For those who haven't seen The Lion King. Some shit happens to Mufasa. Mufasa Oh, my God. Oh, oh no. (laughs) Snape kills Dumbledore. Oh, God. Yeah. (sighs) Well, that was I'll Be Home for Christmas. Alex, uh, reflecting on this now as an adult, how, when was the last time you watched this before prep for this podcast? Probably as a prepubescent girl watching it on the Disney Channel. So I could say maybe like when I was 12, perhaps. So uh, what, if you had to summarize your viewing experience, uh, what would you say? Don't. <laughs> I, I think that's appropriate and, and absolutely fair. Watch Tom yeah. and Huck. If you want to relive your childhood admiration of these 90s heartthrobs, you can get some actual culture from an American writer uh, worth their salt, or at least an adaptation of an American writer who is worth their salt. Yeah. Uh, and also see him. And who was that? Uh, Jonathan Brandis? I don't. Having a mud fight together in a river? I don't remember that as much as I remembered in looking up Jonathan Taylor Thomas, the incredibly problematic movie man of the house. Yeah. I mean, that's the, uh, that's what's really interesting about sort of like when you look at nineties heartthrob careers, especially like childhood, like TV actors, the sort of limited scope of their work tends to be of the zeitgeist because their marketability was. I also in listening back to the Ashley episode, like you mentioned earlier, I say the word zeitgeist a lot on this show. Um, That probably should also be a t-shirt just with our splash logo behind it that just says zeitgeist with an exclamation (laughs) point. Or a drinking game for whenever (laughs) Um, you decide to listen. But I feel like if I ever go back into grad school, I could be, uh, I could be entertained to do, uh, entertained to do. I, I could see myself writing a paper on 
what makes a teen heartthrob and what makes like the marketing of a teen Mm -hmm. heartthrob from like the nineties or whatever. I just think that that's worth, I don't know. Maybe I'm being super nerdy. Maybe I'm at the bottom of this beer, but it just seems like it's an interesting uh, line of thought to trace. It's also really interesting with, with John and Taylor Thomas. So like they ended home improvement in 1998. That's when this came, this movie came out. Yeah. This was supposed to be like his big transition from TV to film. Right. And like, I think that's why I feel like he's a child through this entire thing is because he's a child in home improvement and you never see him older than that in home improvement. And so like it, it, it just never sold it to me that like, yeah, he's a college kid. I don't, I don't see that at all. And this movie to me is just not believable in any sort of sense. Uh, I, I, I just, I, I, I have a lot of problems with it. I get like, you know, like I, I don't even know how I would solve the problem of this movie. Like I, I just, I can't, I can't, I can't figure out how to make this better. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, not only could this movie not be made now, I just don't think that anybody would buy. I don't think you can. I think no. it's, it was a failed experiment. And the thing, honestly, my biggest takeaway from this is I hope that his absence from sort of the entertainment industry is because he was like, you know what? I don't need this. It actually He's was a lot of money. Yeah. So is it? Yes. So Jonathan Taylor Thomas, who also apparently hated the moniker of JTT, like he absolutely mm. did not love that. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I feel like an asshole. Uh, now. No, not I mean, I said it too, but you never know. Then call us. Uh, he actually quit home improvement because he wanted to step away from acting and go to college. And he eventually went That's to right. Harvard and Columbia. That's right. So he's, He's just a smart. What did you see what he's doing now? Um, Is he running a business or something? I feel no, like I, I seem to feel like he did make a slight return to acting as an adult. And I think he even dabbled in directing. But I remember that his exit from home improvement was a real sore spot for the rest of the cast. Like he didn't even come back mm. to film the ending of the show. He essentially was just like, nah, I'm done. Bye. Oh, <sighs> Well, I hope he's doing all right. I hope he's happy. Jonathan, you're, I mean, he, you're in our thoughts and prayers wherever you are. Yeah. I'm thinking about it. up you. on social media. Feel for, My DMs are open. Always. Speaking of, is there anything you want to plug or talk about? Or where can people find you? Sure. Miss Ackerman? Yeah. So I'm Alex underscore Frostwaff. Frostwaff? That's not correct. Frostwolf. Alex underscore Frostwolf on all the social medias. Uh, and I don't really have anything yeah. to plug per se outside of. But play Apex. Yeah, play Apex. Uh, stay the fuck in your house. Wear your mask. And if you can, <laughs> yes. it's the holidays. Try and help some people out. Be a little kinder. Just. You know what? Studies show like if you're feeling. Yes, it is the holidays. If you're getting those winter blues. One of the easiest things to do to feel a little bit better about yourself is to help somebody else out. So like donate to a good cause or like if you know someone struggling who has a pop and only fans, go ahead and subscribe to them for a month. Yes, Whatever you got to do. Yeah. If you, if you find a bed, bath and beyond that's having a closing sale, you can go buy the comforters from there and then just donate them. and then just donate them. That's what we did. Absolutely. I felt good. This has never been used. It's clean. This is some bedding for somebody else. Yeah. So why not? Alex, I'm so delighted you came to join us on our podcast. Thank you so much. This was of course, so good. We will absolutely have you back again because how could we absolutely. not? Absolutely, I had a really lovely time with you gentlemen. And again, Jonathan, if you're listening, I love you. 
It was so fun to talk to Alex. It was. I mean, we see her all the ding ding time because we also play D together. Hundred percent. But yeah, no, she she was a delight. Thank you so much for coming on to the Thanks, podcast. Baby. And we'll have you back soon. Yes, yes we yes, miss yes, you. Yes, yes, yes. We miss you. The stories we could tell. I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot of cohabitating. There's Vegas shenanigans. Yeah. There's uh, the time we kidnapped her and took her to Club Thirty Three. Oh my God, that was such a good day. Such a good day. Mm. Um. All of that, thankfully, is a much warmer and better memory than anything I'll ever have from this movie. My goodness. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad to be done with it. How about you? Me too. All right. Well, um, shall we just um, roll on out of here? What do we got to mention before we close out? Uh, well, we should mention our Patreon. Uh, Patreon.com slash making mischief. Yes. Uh, we've got a lot of good content up there uh, from all of the shows that are yeah, on the network. It's not just us. Yeah. So that there's a lot to be had there by giving your hard-earned dollar. Uh, yeah. to that to access to the discord there's art there's music there's bonus episodes it's so good so much stuff we've got something else coming down the pike at least i saw that we were in the list i don't quite know <laughs> what it is yet we've speculated on a few it's different gonna things be really show. good just be just 100 well, i'll tell you what it, what it will be worth your money sign up at sure. patreon.com slash making mischief okay where can they find me online they can find you on instagram and twitter at josh watching tv without the g yar and they can find you at clncy that's clancy without the a on twitter and instagram yes sir and you can find the show at nonpluspod pretty much everywhere you can email us at submissions at nonpluspod.com i don't think we've mentioned that in a while nope that's um, there and be sure to you know follow us if you don't already on whatever your platform you're listening to us on apple Podcasts, spotify overcast whatever if that platform also has a ratings section or a way to like us or give us stars or throw us treats whatever it is please do that algorithms are a, are a messy business and it's it's that time of year to give y'all and if if you can't give us anything else this holiday season, give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That get would be more delightful. In here. We're going to have some, uh, like I said, we've got Muppet Christmas Carol happening for our next show. Yep. Um, we've got a special guest coming on for that one too. Um, and then we're wrapping out the year. We're going to let you guys know what, uh, what things look like on the horizon for nonplussed that's coming soon. But yes, 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 yes. For now, stay warm and stay safe and stay masked. Hope you get your shopping done. Yep. If you're not shopping because you don't celebrate anything right now, that's fine too. I hope you're staying warm and safe and masked. Yeah. Maybe throw on that Arendelle fire log. Yes. I am looking forward to Arendelle. You will log. Make you a rum drink with some shaker and spoon booze boxes. It'll be good news and have a good December. Yeah. (laughs) All right. That over there is my husband Clancy. And over there is my husband Josh and we are nonplussed bye bye Do the little snow outside. One of the ways that you do that on stage is with instant uh, mashed potato flakes. Mm-hmm. So it's actually not that difficult to do. You- but what if the stage gets wet and then it's just all potatoes? I don't see that as a problem.
Oops, all potatoes. <laughs> Why does the stage smell like garlic? Your play turns into a uh, midsummer night sour cream and onion. <laughs> How about that? Yeah, sign me up. When is that showing? Snag a last minute gift or treat yourself and get $20 off at shakerandspoon.com slash nonplussed. Order by December 15th for the Rums of Origin 3 and find out for yourself where all the rum is gone. I'll drink to that. And one for Mahler. <laughs>